Alright y'all, welcome back to uh, the Hands That Feed stories from the service industry. This is, I think this is going to be episode two. I'm just going to call this episode two. So this is part two of however many. Sitting with Sean Thompson Duffy again down at the Grain Shed, little uh, Perry Street culture. And last time we visited with Sean, well, first off Sean, how you doing? I'm lovely. You're good. You don't, you, it's it's sensitive enough. You uh, gotta lean in. That's great. Just be natural. You bet. Do you do you know another way to be? Me. Side note: Do you have a, like a customer voice? You've been in the service industry, but mostly back a customer house? voice. Yeah. Uh, no, but Ryan does. Ryan does. Yeah. So. <laughs> Can we get a guest star? Oh uh, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. He, 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 you, you need to do your taglines. You need to do your tweets. Your, you All right, y'all. So this is Ryan. From uh, the Grain Shed and other places in the world. Ryan, you want to say hey to the people? Hey, what's happening? Oh, yeah. Uh, you got a customer voice? I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to someone to Pizza Night. Yeah. Hey, welcome to Pizza Night. What can we do for you? Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. And what happens if you place an order? Like, uh, I will have a baker's breakfast. Oh, you bet. You bet. <laughs> <laughs> what qualities make a make a customer voice versus a regular voice. Why, why is that a term? What do you think? I think it has to do with the level of production that you put into your speech patterns. And I think it also has to do with a certain amount of uh, tonal differences. You know, there's a lot of pauses and kind of natural ups and downs, like intonations in a casual Casual voice? Yeah, for sure. Can you pour some beers? Absolutely. Yeah. We'll come back to it. Cool. Totally with, the customer, yeah, well, with the customer voice, like everything is really set. Everything is really repeatable. Down. Yeah. A little bit of a script. Yep. Anything you want to add to that? Customer voice? Customer voice. Uh, I think it's a mix of nerves and uh, first impressions. Uh, you know, because you're not comfortable with somebody. Yeah, right? you don't know them. So, Probably. you're nervous and you're trying to make a good first impression, especially like whenever people are, have never been here. And, uh, you know, it's also like you're ordering at a register, it's not like you're sitting down and like someone's waiting on you. Yeah. So, it's, you're trying to, uh, you know, trying to, I don't know, you're, you're trying to assert like some sort of level of like, you know, I, I, I'm steering the ship here. Yeah. You know? Leadership. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought of it as kind of like, you know, when you're in the back of the house and you're mm -hmm. in the zone and you're hitting those repetitions just mm -hmm. like mechanically. Kind of like the emotional version of that. Yeah, yeah. You know That's what sense. I mean? Like you're just kind of like, oh, I've just met you. I need to hit this point and this point and this point mm -hmm. in so many steps before I lose you, get you hooked in, engage in the conversation, and then get you what you need. Mm -hmm. That's how I always thought about it. But it also often comes with like tonal changes of. Oh yeah. I need to be upbeat and chipper and yeah. have like no pauses yeah. in the way that I talk, like you that mechanical zone. You can't lose them. No. You know? I like whenever they try to tell a joke. When a guest will try and tell a joke. No, whenever. Uh, oh my like god! When, when, I, when, I, a, like when a, a, a server. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always like that. It's either it's either a giant swing and a miss or it's a home run. There's no in between. I don't know that I've seen many home runs. Oh, but whatever you get one. In the jokes. Actually, no, we were at Red Robin recently. Yeah. I don't remember what the joke was, but I remember it being one of those, like, pauses and groaners, and then, like, okay, that was kind of weird. Uh -huh. One of those. And I was like, okay, 
He got Sometimes me. Sometimes the swing and a miss is so bad that it's a home run. Yeah, I, I would put it about that point, but it seems so intentional, like, I'm going to foul this, so I don't uh -huh. know how we got into sports metaphors, but I'm going to foul this ball so hard. I think sports is cool. going to love it. Yeah. All right, so last week we ended, uh, I, I don't know if it'd be last week, a couple of weeks, whatever, last session, we ended at the top three things. It wasn't even the top three, it was the only three things that blew your mind, maybe made you just lose oh, your yeah, mind. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one was... Was the iPod. Was the iPod. You're <laughs> carrying around your backpack of CDs. Yeah. And someone was like, here, take this stick, push uh, this button. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second one was... The starter. The starter, starter. Yeah. yeah. Mix this up, stick it in a dark place for a few days, forget about it, it's going to rise. Right. Yeah. That's true. And then the third one. I said three, right? Yeah. Well, you said two or three. Yeah, kinda, I don't know. Like the third one is sort of, it, that's just a gimme. Uh, you know, watching a, a baby come out of a vagina is pretty uh It's fucking pretty crazy. Amazing. It's fucking the weirdest thing. Well, it's the weirdest, greatest, craziest. It's it's all the emotions mixed into one wild, especially whenever it's your kid. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Anyway, I was I was honestly wondering if that was gonna if it was just gonna be food culture related yeah. no, for, no, no, for no. when you've had your mind blown. So it's it's like oh you know what I I got my mind blown the other day. Oh shit! I forgot what it was. Notched up. You forgot what it was. You have had four mind blowing experiences in your life. Yeah. And you forgot one of them. Well, this one was real recent, so I usually forget about things. But then for a couple of years, yeah, and then you're like, like oh, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Oh yeah, well, where's this podcast at? <laughs> I'm going to have to re-listen to that. Um, first episode's live. I'm going to have to get that to you. Hear yourself talk. But, yeah? You excited about that? You hear? You, do you ever listen to yourself talk? <clears throat> no, I don't listen to myself talk. I don't read anything about me. I don't read reviews or anything like that. Do you ever watch yourself cook? No. No? You're, yeah. not, you're not like... We're in the sports analogy, so I just imagine yeah. like an athlete. You've been able to tape yourself. You get on the... Oh, what is that? Emily has just joined us temporarily with a slice of bread of some sort. That's the ride. Bowl corner, got a hole in the top. How far? How far is the hole? All the way through. Oh, sorry. Oh, hmm. too much acid. The seedy one, yeah, it's very acidic. It's tasty. Yeah. So Sean and Emily are sharing a loaf of the what did you call it? The Volcorn. Volcorn rye bread. There was a hole at the top. Sean was saying no, there's probably too much acidity. Because the hole went all the way through the bread. Mm -hmm. Which happens. It happens. It's got an attic well, in it. I didn't hit it. Yeah, yeah I let it prove a little too much. Mm, that's dense. That's nice. Yeah, that's definitely... No, I don't think it's so much acid. I let it prove too much. That's what it was. Cool. Yeah. Wait, well, and also that, that the starter was really, really active this morning, right. too. Yeah, I let it prove too much. Right. My bad. Oh, yeah, it's warm outside. It is very yeah. warm. Yeah. Change the seasons. Takes a toll on our, uh, yeah. our, our stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. No, I bet. Right. For those of you who don't know, the proofing process of bread is when you just let it sit and it starts to rise because the active culture is the yeast inside the dough is eating the sugars in the wheat or whatever other recipe. Emily is leaving now. Bye, Emily. Bye. We'll catch up with Emily and Ryan uh, on another episode later on in the future. Um. So the yeast is eating all the active, or the active culture is the yeast eating all the sugar in the bread and it's starting to rise up and bubble as it's releasing gases and if you overproof it, you let it sit a little too long, 
which always your proofing times always change if it's cold, if it's hot. Um, so I'm watching Ryan dump a concoction into a giant Hobart mixer. That was nice. I haven't seen a Hobart in a while. Anyway, bringing it back in. Third thing, birth. Yes, for sure. That's where it all That's started. That's a mind-blowing experience. That's where it all began. <laughs> for everybody. Hey, everybody was a winner. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody won the race. Yep. Yeah. That's true. Hand, hand out a trophy for that one. I think life is that trophy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, oh, I'm still going to try again. I know you're not going to say it, but I'm going to try again. Favorite place to eat? I'm not going to answer that question. Okay. Second favorite place to eat? Ryan's house. Oh, really? All right. What's he cooking? Everything. If, yeah. if it's your second favorite place to eat, what's on the menu? Grilled pizza. Grilled pizza? Oh, yeah. Okay. Grilled Sean, pizza. Sean brought over a raspberry pie. The crust. Honestly, the best crust I've ever had in my life. Oh, boy. Uh, Sean brought over a, I don't know if you guys could hear that or not. I haven't tested my long-distance recording capabilities. Uh, Ryan was saying that Sean brought over a raspberry crust. Raspberry pie. Oh. The crust that blew my mind. We did grilled pizza that night. Oh, that sounds delightful. Yeah, basically, the <laughs> best place to eat is basically anybody who's going to cook for me. Yeah. that Because I love it. I eat anything. Yeah. I will eat anything. And, and as long as it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, my mom comes to town, she cooks, love it. If my wife ever cooks, usually on my birthday, once, once a year. So like a good I, don't, I don't care what it is. Yeah. I just don't want to do it, you know, because I cook every single day, every single night. Yeah. And as long as someone else is cooking, I'll eat it. It's great. But if I got to start spending money... You get a little bit more... We're not, we're not going to go down that road. But yeah, basically anybody's house that we're, that's going to cut. You know I'm going to try and come back down that road. Backyard barbecues. You're talking about all these dark corners mm -hmm. that don't have lights shining in. You're, mm -hmm. you're heading in there, so mm -hmm. just, just to warn you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, so then I'm going to go with the most obvious question. Yeah. Uh, microwave pizza versus oven pizza versus wood-fired pizza versus barbecue pizza. Oh, got it. I've never had a microwave pizza. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I got the fifth thing that's going to blow your mind then. The microwave? Oh, my God. Yeah. The microwave, it's like a I, magic box. I, I, mean, I, I grew up with a microwave, but we've <laughs> never, I've never had a microwave pizza before. You're not missing anything. <clears throat> it's doughy cheese. Cool. It's soggy bread. Right. It's old, tired pepperoni hey, right. slices. You know, if done right, wood-fired pizza is obviously is my favorite, but you have so many, like, uh, wood-fired pizzerias that... I mean, it's just so hard because it's, it's nature that you're working with. You're not, you don't have, like, a... Uh, you don't have a thermostat that you set to say, stay at a consistent 700 degrees for me, please. No, it's, like, up and down, you're feeding the fire, you're getting way too many pies in. But whatever it's done perfectly, you can't, you can't beat it, you know? Yeah. Uh, that being said... <clears throat> Getting a pizza stone and doing it in your house, you know, just turning your oven all the way up, kill it. You know, it's Agreed. consistent. Um, it's good. I mean, you're not going to get that 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 blast of 700 degree heat, but and that like wood smoky flavor. Yeah, but, that, that know, smell is awesome. It's still all good. So uh, I don't really uh, the barbecue pizza. No, oh yeah, yeah. What's what's your favorite thing? No, not as good? It's not as good. It's not as really? Good. Yeah, it's just, it's just a novelty thing. It's just like, you know. Really? Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's poor man's wood fire. I didn't have a pizza stone at that yeah. point. I certainly didn't have a wood fired oven. 
but I didn't want to just microwave it. It's true. But so you, you could have exposed it. We may, we may do. Okay. We did. Well, so then, now well, that you've my got... My grandma, my grandma always called it Filipino make-do. We just make-do. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. You just make-do. Sounds delicious. Are you Filipino? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. See, I didn't know that until like the last week. Huh. <laughs> Is that the fourth thing that blew your mind? Oh, that might have been the fourth thing that blew my mind. <laughs> Where does pizza sit on your favorite food? Show? I hate pizza. Really? I don't eat it. <laughs> Every pizza night, I mean, like they're like you want, you know, I, I take pies home for the for the family, but I, I don't eat it. I don't eat pizza. Why? I think there's so many other things to eat. I'd rather have a sandwich than a pizza. Yeah, I'm not a big pizza guy. Yeah, it has to be done perfectly. Is it because of the flavors? Is it the triangle shape? <clears throat> no, no. I just think it's 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 a it's hard. It's hard to execute. You know, something interesting. Yeah. So you know, it's, it's not a big pizza. Guy. Well, so then what's what's your go-to food? To eat? Yeah. Sandwich. I just eat a sandwich. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or or hot or cold. Chicken liver pate. Ooh. Okay. Cold sandwiches. Like a bon me. Uh, sort of. Cold sandwiches all the way because I'm lazy. Uh, anything that's spreadable and soft. White face salad on a bagel. Chicken liver pate on some sprouted rye. Oh, I mean, that's like basically all I survive on. Oh. Um, yeah, anything, uh, and sardines, anchovies, anything like that. Sounds like a lot of that. strong flavors. Lots of strong flavors, lots of, uh, you know. It's not like, you know, a giant sandwich. It's like little strong flavors. I mean, I'm a little person. You know, I don't need a lot of, I don't need a lot to eat. You're not going to eat like a whole pizza right, yourself. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, pizza not very good. All right. Pizza's not very good. I mean, pizza is also really, really tired. Like, mm -hmm. I remember when we lived on the west side, right when, like, gastronomy was getting really popular in the, like, pop media and bacon was used yeah. for everything. I got so sick of bacon. I have not come back from that. It was like, all right, you're going to have bacon, you're going to have bacon whipped cream, right. you're going to have bacon maple bars, you're going to have bacon ice cream, you're going to sure. have a bacon Bloody Mary, you're going to have a bacon it. smoothie. Like, okay, I get it. We can do a lot of different things with a thing. Let's move on from bacon. Sure. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah but you know what? I take that back. Okay. So pizza, I don't really like pizza, but... You know, like, every culture has, like, a flatbread of sorts, right? Oh, yeah. You know, every culture. Yeah. Whether it's, like, Lebanese, Egyptian, all the way to the French have their own flatbread. Uh, stuff like that, I'll jive on. Like, tart flambés. You know tart flambés? I don't know. I mean, I can imagine. It's a tart. No, a no, fire it's, a, on top. It's, a, it's a flatbread. Okay. Uh, you know, basically, like, a pizza dough. Um, creme fraiche. Mm. Pan, uh, pancetta or bacon or whatnots. And onions. Some people throw some clams on there. Delicious. I'll eat that all day long. It sounds like a pizza, though. Well, I mean, like, you know. What? Okay, well, then, I didn't want this to be a pizza episode, but, like, you know what? Sometimes you just go with it. It's just a flatbread. I mean, pizza's a flatbread. So you have your, you have your, 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 everything's a flatbread, right? Right. And then you got your little, like, subsets, you know? Pizza's, all pizza is a flatbread, but not all flatbread is a pizza. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we have garlic naan at our house all the time. Delicious. It's amazing. Oh, it's boy. so, so easy. Mm -hmm. um, moving on from pizza. So, one thing that I have thoroughly enjoyed in my experience was some of the... Because when you're cooking, 
you're, you're getting ready for dinner rush. You're going through prep. Something always happens. Mm-hmm. Something always gets broken. And you don't... It's not like you're going to like close it down, fix it up. Uh-huh. Do you have uh, a handful of experiences with the, the quick fixes, the, the janky production value sometimes of making sure that your tools work just to get the job done rather than the dream of the $10,000 whatnot or this or sure. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, our loader out there, lots of people have never, our loader's on the side of the oven. Lots of people don't see it because we use it really early in the morning. So basically it's like a, uh, it's just really about six to seven feet long and basically you, you put the loaves on there and then you you slide it on in and then you bring it on out to where this canvas sort of like it, the the bread sort of rolls off very gently into the oven. You know? Yeah. Now most bakeries that you work in you have the loader but then you have a scissor lift with it, you know, that catches the um, these two little tabs on the canvas belt and holds it secure so you can pull it on out. You know? Yeah, it's sort sense. of hard to hard to explain or picture. But, well, it's like a little bit of a, you've got a couple of tools that stabilize right. so that you can pull the old cloth out from under the dining room table and everything stays there. Exactly. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the tray and the canvas is what we have. You know, we don't have like the, the, the scissor lift with the, the click notches and all this stuff. And most bakeries do have that. They also have mechanical scissor lifts, but we just have no space. And whenever you have a scissor lift, it's bolted to the floor so you can't move it. You know, oh, our, yeah. our, I don't know how you would our that loader is just like we can put it in and bring it out. So what we do is we just have a table, you know, we put it on a table, and then we have these two little clamps that we sort of just like uh, they were a bucket Home Depot. Nice. And uh, yeah, it works. It works great. And the guy I bought it from told me that there's no way that you're going to be able to lift up 30 kilos of of bread on this thing. I was like, well, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know. It's, I'm not trying to lift it up. I'm just trying to like it has a roller on the bottom that slides on into the oven, you know. So you just got to hold like it, lift it up, you know, not lift it up the whole thing in the middle. Lift it up one end on the side to put it into the oven. But so that's definitely that definitely uh, saved us some some bucks there. No, that's awesome. Yeah, some space ingenuity. Yeah, yeah, it's all about ingenuity, man. Um, I remember we had uh, one of the kitchens I worked at. It was just like standard. Like, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Waffle irons. Mm-hmm. We just had a row of them. Just like, didn't have anything fancy. It's just a bunch of like household waffle irons mm-hmm. for when we were doing chicken and waffles for brunch, and that was always really humorous to me because it's like a staple thing that we were doing. It's not like it was like, oh, we'll just do it this one time. We need right. to go buy a waffle iron. They're like, no, this is the plan. <laughs> we're gonna go buy a bunch of like household waffle irons. Right. Set them up in row six, call that the station, done. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, I'm going to do a pause here, and we're going to, we'll probably throw, throw an advertisement in here, and then we'll come back. Um, I want to get some 90 second stories from you, mm. and uh, maybe have some, some closing notes. You're good. You can go ahead and pull that out. The ambient noise is what really makes it. All right, cool. We're back, y'all. Um, got some donation stuff taken care of with Grain Shed giving out some breads for a bike to school. Brownies. Brownies? Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Kids, Kids want brownies, man. They don't want bread. That is true. Yeah. Except Delphi. No, she'll take a brownie. Oh, yeah. She'll always take a brownie. 
Uh, so one, one of the things that I do with this show is that we've got this section called 90 Second Stories. Just random little stories, or recipes, or talking about food. I could probably cut up that pizza one, but whatever. We're going to start fresh. Um, do you have some 90 Second Stories? How about, let's go way back. I'm, I'm going to give you back. a prompt here. Yeah, man. Cool. Let's go back to Slingin' Chicken. I imagine that you've got a got a ninety. Can you reach back that far? I mean, that's farther than the last couple of weeks, so I feel like it might be stronger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you think you yeah. got one? Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do it. All right. Well, what? My Long John Silver's days. I can't reach that far. No, that's fine. I can reach back to the very first kitchen job I had. Yeah, let's do it. Well, professional kitchen job I had. Oh, I still had my first introduction to like a professional kitchen. I was in culinary school. Didn't really know much. Whatever. I didn't know anything. You don't, you don't know the culture. You don't know anything. You don't know the terminology. No. So you just get thrown into these situations. <clears throat> I was working on like a garmage or something like that. And then it was at a country club. Right? And so I would walk uh, to like the, this big walk-in freezer. I've never even been in a walk-in. And so, like, I had to go get something, but, like, the, the handle was, some, for some reason, in the middle of the door, instead of, like, on the side of the door, and it always threw me off. And so, I, w I was looking this way once, and I opened the door, and I turned around, and smacked, like, the side of the door smacked me right in the, right in the head. <laughs> I felt, this was, like, my second day on the job. Oh, that's perfect. I was, like, this little stupid culinary kid. And so I fell down, I passed out, and then I you got You passed out. out? Wow, you yeah. nailed oh, yourself. knocked me out. So I was bleeding on the top of my forehead. And so like the sous chef, Mike, uh, I forgot his name, he was a good dude. He took me to the chef, who was Fritz Kistner, this angry Austrian fella. He's, he's like an incredible chef. Anyway, so he took me to his office. His office was like, had like, uh, he never left his office. So like it, the, top, the ceiling of his office had like uh, clouds and sun, like, you know, the outdoors on it. Oh yeah. And then the sides was like trees. It was wild. And then he had all these trophies and yada, yada, yada. And then, um, Took me into the office, like, and this guy was like, Chef, Sean, Sean hurt himself, you know, yeah, blah, 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 he's bleeding everywhere. And so, uh, Chef Kitchener looked at me and said, Well, yup, yeah, okay, uh, put a band aid on it, give him a shot of cognac, get back to work. I was, I was like 18. <laughs> and so that's what they did. They threw a band aid on me, they gave me a shot of cognac, and I got back to work. That was my first introduction to, like, you know, this is, how you, this is how you deal with things. That's a good 90 second story. I like that. Thank you. That's good. Also, as an extension, yeah, I I, I feel like that's an appropriate uh, introduction for what I am aware of and what I have experienced with the kitchen culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe maybe it's a little bit more of instead of the equipment. There's some shortcuts for finding equipment, being uh, ingenious about things with mm -hmm. dollar dollar clamps at Home Depot, mm -hmm. but. Putting people back together is really where it's at, because you gotta have yeah. the people to put the food out. Oh yeah, super glue's big. Yeah. yeah. Duct tape. Super yeah, glue. Yeah. Remember, I cut myself. I got this brand new. Uh, so I was a butcher as well, so I got this brand new like skim tar. It's like those really long, slightly curved. Yeah, slightly curved and super sharp. So I remember I reached into my knife bag once and I'm talking to somebody. I brought my hand out and I cut myself. Right here, sort of, it took a flap of skin. It was just like, is that the scar yeah, from it? Big old flap of skin. 
I was like, oh. And so from my experience of like, you don't go to the hospital. You just sort of put it back over and put some duct tape around, put some drops of super glue, put some duct tape around it, <laughs> get back to work. I can see why I didn't necessarily make it in kitchen culture. Yeah. I remember when I when I chopped off part of my finger, I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm going home. Yeah. Part of my finger is somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I'm going to throw away this bloody chicken. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's scars. There's scars on hands. It's all good. Oh, yeah. There's always scars on hands, burns. Oh, yeah. That's part of why part of this project is going to be uh, doing portraits of hands, because I feel like hands get real, no, good. real roughed up in, uh, in the food service back in the kitchens. I had a friend who stabbed himself, like literally stabbed himself in the leg and thigh. Ah. Yeah. How? Was, uh, well, he was, so he was boning. Uh, it was it was deboning a lamb, and you know whenever you're using the knife, so you don't have the knife up like this, you had it down like that. And you're like deboning and stuff like that, and so the the table was low, and he's really super tall, like Victor. So he's deboning the lamb, so you're like talking with someone like that, and like you know, he thought he had like a joint right here, and was trying to get through a bone, but he didn't. So, Ooh. That was wild to see. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah, you see people cut their fingers off with bandsaws all the time. Bandsaws are, that's terrifying. I never worked with bandsaws, thank, no, thank, so, the, thank so you the cut heavens. The bones. No, I believe it. Oh. Alright, so that's a good handful of stories. I yeah. appreciate that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's been nice sitting and chatting with you again. Didn't get all the secrets I wanted, but you know, I guess that's part of it. We'll get there. Or we won't. It's all part of it. Or we will. You never know. Any last minute uh, parting words for us, Sean? Uh, water's wet and everybody's got to believe in something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Alright. Sean Thompson Duffy, y'all. Alright. Uh, I'll head to my outro and we'll, we'll get it going. Cheers. Thanks for sitting with me, Sean. Oh, thank you, sir. Alright, that does it for our interview with Sean Thompson Duffy from Culture and the Grain Shed. Highly recommend checking out his joint. Fabulous bread, fabulous coffee, great treats. Big thank you to Sean for sitting down with me a few times to get that interview nailed down. Thank you to Ryan and to Emily for their guest appearances. I'm looking forward to sitting down with y'all in the future to get some of your stories. This has been the Hands That Feed, stories from the service industry. I'm your host, Andrew. You can find me on Instagram at Andrew Dean Taylor, all lowercase, all one word. Um, and the blog isn't finished yet. Oh no. But uh, feedingthehands.food.blog. It's a WordPress blog that I'm working on to keep all of these stories contained and to hopefully create a little bit of a community, get in touch with the Spokane food community because there's a lot of you out there and there's a lot of food to be eaten. So I'm going to sign off. Stay hungry. Go eat. I don't know. Adios. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.